0: Amen. Hey, go ahead and turn to your... uh Lesson if number three, and once again, we
1: are on the topic of world religions, cults, and the occult, and of course, we are on the hot topic of Islam, and as you turn there by way of recap, uh, as we've been seeing, Islam means submission, and a Muslim is a submitted one. What are you submitted to? You're submitted to the supposed vision that uh, Muhammad supposedly had of the supposed uh, angel uh, Gabriel, which is not. It came from a demon, and it's very unfortunate, leading people once again astray. It's a very violent religion we've been seeing out of their own teachings, out of the Quran, Uh, from Mohammed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, They're not even united in and of themselves. As we saw before, there's uh, different groups with the Sunnis and the Shiites, the majority, uh, but a bunch of other splinter groups as well. Uh, Then we begin to take a look at their beliefs because, hey, believe what you want, but here was the problem. We looked at their different beliefs and the the core issues. What do you got to believe? What do you got to maintain to be, if you will, a Muslim? And we saw the problem is if you disagree, what? Uh, You're going to (laughs) die. It's a major issue. If somebody disagrees with you and I as a Christian, what do you do? Right? Just shake the dust off your feet and you know, keep praying and try and maybe God will give you another opportunity, whatever, but that's what you do. That's the re- a Christian response. But their response is, you're going to die. And again, we saw the evidence with that, and that's happening even here in the United States, even to the point where not just with the rape, but also with beheading as Horrible as that is. Then, last time you hear, we saw not only uh, their belief issue and the danger of that, we also took a look at their behavior. We took a look at the five pillars. Okay, and there's really six if you count uh, jihad, and some put that up much higher. Uh, than the other ones, okay, as well as there. We took a look at that, and we took a look at, believe it or not, even though that is radically different. look at their beliefs, you look at their behavior with the five pillars, six pillars, really, with Islam. Radically different than Christianity. We're going to get into that a little bit again tonight, very quickly. Uh, but th- w- believe it or not, the church is is falling for this lie, this one-world ecumenical thing called Chrislam, that somehow you can merge the two together, and that's not true. Okay, as we saw, just looking, there's no way, it's worse than oil and water, it cannot mix. Okay, and then we saw one of the biggest promoters of that, and we're going to get into that a little bit again tonight, Lord willing, is the Vatican and the Catholic Church, okay? Why would you purposely allow this dangerous element to come into your country, all over Europe, and the other parts of the world, and why would you encourage that to continue to increase? Well, i got a little chrome theory, not saying thus saith the Lord, but if you're going to pull off a one-world religion, then somehow you need to grab control of the religions, Well, if you're going to control the religions, then you need to have an excuse to supplant everybody else's freedom and say, we're going to have a united nations of religions, right? And so what better way to have built in a crisis, if you will, as Jihad gets announced, not just the United States and Europe, but all over the world at the same time, bang, there's a global religious crisis on your hands that's been festered there the whole time and allowed to come in, okay, and now you have your excuse uh, for a global crisis. Uh, headquarters of religions and again we saw this is a make-believe this is the stuff that the vatican is actually working for we saw the actual uh video clips from their own camp okay they want this one more religion now let's continue on and we're going to deal with the issue how do you best right love a muslim because as christians we're called to love our enemies okay and a muslim anybody we're going to get into that but let's get at the top of the page five there on chapter three anyway uh we're going to take a look again why this is so crazy these two cannot mix Okay, let's take a look at it very quickly. Christians are referred to as the people of the book. However, since they do not conform to the confession of Islam, they're unbelievers to Islam. And again, the problem is, hey, if you disagree, what happens? They're going to get you, right? Okay, here's a concise comparison, and we saw this a couple more times, but let's just finish this up. Now, Islam, what's their authority? Well, their authority, of course, is the Quran, and it's the only source of uncorrupted authority. That's what they go back to 100% of the time. They also say, those we saw before, well, they'll they'll believe in, you know, the teachings of the Torah, uh, the Psalms of David, and the Gospels of Jesus, but they've what? They've been corrupted. Same thing that the Mormons do, again, as we saw before. Uh, They say, well, we believe in the King James Bible, Right? Okay, but then once again, when you challenge them, even from the King James Bible, that version, uh, where do they go back, they go right back to the writings of Joseph Smith every single time. Okay, uh, but th- what's the, what's the Bible? So is that is that equated with you and I? Is that can that blend together with you and us? That's exactly the same authority we have on truth. No, and that's what he said. The Bible. No, it's just the Bible, and it's not corrupted by man. Okay, has the source of authority. Okay, God. What's their version of God? They believe he's the absolute unity, Allah their version and that uh, one person nature and unknowable okay well is that the same thing as you and i no biblical christianity you have plurality within unity i.e the trinity as we saw before we're going to get into a little bit tonight the trinity is something that they absolutely just choke on (sighs) okay and we'll get into that in a little bit but plurally with unity and we saw that there's no need for that god is one we're going to get into this in greater detail god is one period ipso facto Okay, But he's presenting himself as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Just as water, if you leave it alone, it's a liquid. If you heat it up, it becomes a vapor. Okay, If you freeze, it becomes a solid. Which one's not water? It's the same thing. What's the big deal? Uh, one plus one plus one does equal three, but the scriptures, God, he's still of the same essence. It's one times one times one equals one. What's the big deal? Okay, You can still have three and still be one, but they really have a problem with that. But here's the big thing. Notice that our version, the biblical version, is what? God is what? personal we have a personal relationship with jesus christ they don't have that okay so how can you say these things can merge jesus they believe he's merely a prophet who did not die on the cross and did not rise from the dead so is that something that you and i can work together with and we're all no of course not all right both god and man the biblical version he is fully god and fully man he died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the grave for our justification can anybody say amen yeah all right okay humanity they believe that mankind is good by nature right How many guys who's had kids can verify that's not true? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) from we high, I didn't teach them to say no or shit, mine, ah." where'd that come from? Well, the scripture says, obviously we were conceived uh, born as a sinner from birth. David talks about that. But that's not what I said. We're sinful by nature, we are taught. Salvation, as we've been seeing week after week after week, it is clearly a works-based salvation. And through a good life, you can accomplish, you know, with accomplishing the five pillars. And even then, as we saw with the you know, mysterious will of Allah, maybe you'll get there, maybe you won't. I don't know, you know. Just, is that the same thing we believe in? Of course not. It's ridiculous. It's by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Now, here's a comparison. This is interesting. Keep this in mind of jesus and muhammad from the quran jesus this is something if you want to talk about witnessing to him even in their own writings they put jesus okay if you look at what they say he is actually superior in their own writings to muhammad okay from the quran okay and uh but again what is their belief Who, who they believe is the greatest prophet not jesus of Muhammad. So let's take a look at this. Uh, In the Quran, Jesus in the Quran, uh, they would say he was sinless, uh, virgin-born, special birth. They got a problem with the, they believe it was a sexual union, a little different, but it was a different birth. uh, That he was, he's called the Messiah, he's called the Word of God, he performed miracles, and bodily ascended into heaven. So they mention that about Jesus in the Quran. Okay, not saying that's your source of authority, but that's what they do from their own authority. But look what they say in the Quran, also about Muhammad, that he was sinful, he was not virgin-born, he was not called the Messiah, he's not called the Word of god he refused to perform miracles and he did not bodily ascend to heaven uh what so again how does that even jive and you can even take their own authority and go back and forth now here's the whole point all right so that's it we already kind of dealt with that i don't want to belabor that too much we've been in this repeatedly the difference is there's no way they can mix that's one of the most ridiculous statements you could say that islam, christianity islam can go together okay it's, it's crazy okay but here's the point how do you witness to a muslim Because we all know because they believe differently. And even though there's a violent element in their teachings, a really bad violent element, what we need to do is just write them off and pray that they just go straight to hell. Ooh, that's pretty harsh. No, of course not. Just like anybody else, Muslim, okay, now you're awake, Muslim, okay, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, anybody who's involved in a false path, we have the privilege as Christians to what? to reach out for them. And we need to do the same thing for the Muslims. How do you keep these guys from chopping your head off? Can I tell you something? I hope this is true, even in a Baptist church. Christians don't chop each other's heads off, right? So if you want to, you want to prevent that, hey, get them saved by the Spirit of God, okay? And that's just being blunt. But here's take a look. let's take a look at some strategies, things to keep in mind if you're going to witness uh, to a Muslim, okay? First of all, sanctify your heart. Now, we saw that before uh, in our other studies with the Judaism. That means to be prepared to give an answer. That's why you're here tonight. Hopefully, hopefully it wasn't the free popcorn that John just brought. John, where's it at? He just walked in. No, uh, no it's, you're here to get prepared, right? To give a defense for the hope lies within you. That's what we're doing. Okay, pray. This is a spiritual battle. Who does this save him? all up to us, man, That's, that monkey's on our shoulders. It's all up to us. How many of you guys have ever thought that as a young Christian, right? And somebody you witnessed to and they got mad at you or walked away or, or got, you know, what disgruntled or nothing happened, they didn't save you. Oh, no, I didn't do it right. Remember, remember those days? Did you ever go through that stuff and you realize, listen, all we are is the newspaper boy, the newspaper girl. We give the gospel, which means the good news. Listen, I I can't tell them what I mean, I can I can only offer it to them, right? It's just like if you can imagine you're riding your little bike and you're delivering newspaper, you just throw it on the porch. You don't get off your bike and say, now read that, right? right now to justify me riding my bike and my job and why I need to earn this three cents for what? A piece of paper. Remember those days? That was slave labor. Anybody get involved in the slave labor with that paper thing? Man, but anyway, I digress. But anyway, so no, no, God does the same, but you need to pray because it's a hard issue. I can't change somebody's heart neither can you, but God can. So we need to be faithful to reach out, but only God does The same. Be ready with a good understanding of the scriptures. Again, why are you here tonight? Why are Wednesday nights about? Certainly a family night is we got kids from three to junior high going in there, learning about God and and Jesus in here as adults. We're getting equipped too. We're becoming disciples of Jesus. That's why, uh, what, three years ago we did Discipleship 101, then Discipleship 102, then Intro to Apologetics, the Defenders of Faith, and now we're in World Religions Cult. We're getting equipped. That's what we're needing to do. Do not argue and don't attack the person, Right? Because we all know that's how we got saved. Somebody came up to us, yeah, yeah, I want to be a Christian. No, that's usually not a good tactic, okay? We need to stand and give a defense, but you don't have to be uh, crazy about it, okay? Make sure you define your words. Remember that? We talked about that before, Christianese, because we all know that we're deep fried, sanctified, homogenized, and all that stuff, and justification. We don't even know what that means, typically, unfortunately, right? And uh, well, guess what? They don't either. And not just the Muslim anybody. Don't speak this Christianese. Break it down. They don't know, and understand. You know. And sometimes as crazy as this might sound in the culture we live in today, when we say, "Hey, you need to be saved by the blood of Jesus," right? And you got to say it like that, John, because you're being evangelistic, right? Now that's true, right? Praise God, Amen. For that, I know that. I know what that means. I know what that connotation. But when they hear that, what's our culture? Who is biblically illiterate? Think. Ugh. What are you talking about? So you need to break it down. What are you talking about? Right, the blood of Jesus cleansing. you. What, what do you mean, the blood? What? Early church went through the same thing. Remember when we talk about with Jesus, you know, unless you eat my body, eat my flesh, being symbolic of salvation. What was one of the charges in the early church? That they believed cannibalism. Folks, we're back in that pagan culture today. So much of the Christianese, okay, people look at it's like, oh, you guys are creepy. Cannibalism, you drink blood, and it, it, it's being repeated today. So I'm just telling you, watch the Christianese. Okay, uh, with that, define your words. Don't get off on tangents. The important points are the source of authority, the nature of God, the person and work of Jesus Christ, okay, the nature of man and the means to salvation, right? You don't get there and say, well, uh, what about that one time when the Pope did the thing on the Crusades and 15 or, well, actually, we're sort of in that, 1,200 and something like that. And you know what? We can talk about that. First of all, you don't have to give a defense for the Crusades, Christian, because that wasn't a Christian thing. That was a Roman Catholic Church. They stand for what that was. Then we'll get into that again, hypocrisy a little bit tonight, hopefully. Uh, but uh, but no, you just don't get what, what's the important point. They need Jesus, right? Whether it's a Muslim or anybody else, don't get off on t- well. What about UFOs? What about that? We can talk about that, and there's biblical answers to that, and we've talked about that. Get equipped on that. But listen, the main thing they need to know is not how to deal with dinosaurs and how does that jive with the Bible? Okay. The main thing is they need Jesus. So don't get off on tangents. Same thing. Don't do you. Are you Christians? Let me tell you about Jesus. How, how do you get to heaven? See, you can get all kinds of Christ, uh, questions wrong. You can't get, with well, Muslim anybody, you can't get it wrong how you get to heaven. So remember that when you're witnessing. Don't get off on a sidetrack. Right? Uh, avoid Christian jargon. Again, Christianese has got no meaning for them. Some other things to avoid. Uh, even though it was stated again above, do not argue. that you're blank there. Do not argue with Muslims. Their culture does not permit them to lose face or lose an argument. It's better to walk away, come back another time, because that's just basically fighting words, okay? Right? You're just gonna make it worse. You get in the argue, right? And just cause sometimes we have that mentality. And that's why you hear me all the time praying, God, this isn't about winning a what? Debate. It's not about a debate. I'm gonna win an argument, I'm gonna to smash them, ha, <laughs> show them how healthy. Hey, that's your heart. You better pray and get right with God. It's to lovingly share God's truth with them, okay, Uh, with that. So don't argue, okay, show them, listen, show them what they don't have. Show them that, listen, you can have an intelligent discussion and you don't have to chop somebody's head off. Show them you can have an intelligent discussion and still disagree, Christian, peacefully. They don't have that. And so even how we encounter with them shows them, a better way. It shows them Jesus' way. Do not use, listen to this, a marked Quran. Go up there, We'll see, I marked this here, and this is like whoa, because listen to this. Or a marked barba. This is a sign of desecration to them. Right? That's your blank there, desecration. Muslims never hold the Quran below their waist. They try to hold it high in a place of highest position on a shelf, right? So be careful even how you do that. You know, you hear about certain countries that you don't shake with the one hand or you don't have your feet pointing in one direction. It could be offensive. We don't know that stuff. Well, hey, understand this, okay? Uh, do not speak to Muslims in group. Peer pressure, underline that, is a negative factor. If you can, one-on-one. Uh, I, I've dealt with that in, in other cults. I remember witnessing to some uh, Mormons there uh, for a while. And I was making headway with the one, little, one elder. Then I always tried to give them to tell me their first name. It wouldn't do it. Elder, this is my other. It's like that show. Ah, this is my brother Bob, or Larry, and my other brother Larry, and my, he was an elder, and this is elder. Anyway, so uh, but so I would witness him, and I was making some headway, right? And uh, just kind of getting him alone and whatever, and he was starting to question even that. And uh, the other guy was catching up on it, and they were just trying to keep me away, and he was interjecting. And then uh, eventually he didn't show up anymore. And then they brought the elder elder. They just literally got rid of him. Right? Peer pressure. Okay, but if you can, one on one, oftentimes more effective because they won't, you might be getting to them, but the other guys are looking at them. Okay, same thing. Next one, pray with them. Okay, some things to do, pray with them. They got a strong belief in prayer and the Christian per- personal relationship. That should blank their personal. Okay, personal relationship uh, to the Heavenly Father is something Muslims do not have. Again, they don't have that, they don't have any eternal security. Uh, they don't really know for sure if they're even going to get there. You know, they're told if you go do jihad and blow somebody up and kill somebody in all his name, you get there, right, Uh, by and large. Uh, But they don't have that personal relationship. Remember, he's afar off. He's not personal. You and I, that's something we eat and breathe, and unfortunately, I think we take for granted, right? And and so when you pray with them, and and dare I say, get get this when you're praying with people. Have you ever done this? Get rid of this. We're going to talk about this in our Character of God study, Lord willing, in a few weeks. But get back to that personal relationship with God, right? And, and, and sometimes we do this religious crazy stuff when we pray. Right? We say, oh, it's a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, how are we praying? Have you ever known sometimes we pray about God, we don't pray to God? Have you ever listened to our verbiage? Right? right. And the Lord God says, "What wait a second, you're talking to God. And God, you say, do you see the flip? We start spouting, we, we, we pray to God uh, is how we're supposed to do, but, but what happens is we pray about God. Watch your, your verbiage. And something as simple as when, you, when you're personal, right, and not in, 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 this might sound kind of weird, in Jesus' name, it, it's in your name, Jesus. Why? Because I'm really talking to him, and so are you. Watch your verbiage. Is it really personal? I'm telling you that's a huge impact, something that we take for granted, and by the way, and get rid of that flowers. Oh, Lord, oh, thou, thee, the thine, thou. Now, if you really speak Shakespeare in English when you're done praying, hey, more power to you. If you're British, go for it. But hey, I don't think anybody here is. So why in the world? That, what does that tell them? Well, that must be a religion, because that's what they do. Religion, oh, you got to bow and how many, five times? And oh. We're doing the same, we're doing a Christian version, Right? It's just great personal, personal relationship, something they don't have. Speak of Jesus, whom they respect as one of their great prophets. Now, again, they don't think he's as good as Muhammad, but they respect him at least. Use the parables such as the lost son, the love stories. Again, do they have a loving relationship with their version of God, Allah? No. So that's a powerful, powerful testimony. They're often impressed by the Sermon on the Mount, which puts Jesus in strong, loving contrast to a violent life of Muhammad, Right? Because we all know Jesus, we read it there in the Gospels, all over the place, he's out there beheading people and blowing things up and, and, and robbing raids because they're getting low on cash and you know killing people and, and there's, there's rape involved. And when people die, he, he, he marries their wives and takes them and is plunder. Of course not, that's blasphemy. But as we saw before in their own right, that's what Muhammad did. What a contrast. What a contrast that they don't have. Uh, respect their dietary restrictions. Not a good time to joke about Bacon. Although, bacon is good. Bacon is really good. Bacon on top of bacon is even better. Bacon on top of bacon with bacon juice with bacon bits on top of that is even better. With bacon ice cream for dessert. Okay, I get that. I love bacon, right? But come on, be smart. Don't do a deliberate jab. Okay, it's probably not going to be funny. might be funny to us. Not probably a good tactic uh, with them. Be sensitive to male-female relationship boundaries, especially make sure you dress modestly. It's a big issue we saw uh, before with them. Don't be a stumbling block, okay? Meet them where they're at. I'm not saying you got to go and dress in Muslim garb, but you know, be, be respectful, okay? Uh, show love to them. An act of kindness, such as escorting them to the store, would help build bridges. Show them, listen again, what's the scripture say we're supposed to do with our enemies? We're going to get to this in a little bit with the immigration issue. You love them, right? Even though I know, I know that your teaching and I know, according to your teaching, you might be lying to your teeth saying, oh, no, I would never do that. But even though I know in your teaching, you, if ultimately, if given the order, you will literally chop my head off. Just dealing with the facts, we saw before. You know what? I'm still going to take you to the store. I'm reach out to you. Right? God gives you an opportunity. Okay? But does that mean? You just, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. That the line is. But again, show them, listen, not only a peaceful way, show them a loving way. Right? Show them. Okay? A loving way. Some Muslims regard Christians as their enemies. Is your blank there? Enemies. And in some Muslim lands, Christians are persecuted. This provides Christians an opportunity to provide a practical demonstration of the superior of the gospel of grace. And again, here's the passage of Scripture two of Matthew 5. Of course, Jesus in Romans 12 with Paul. We said, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, Jesus said. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, <clears throat> turn to him uh, the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your cloak as well, or your coat. Uh, whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Uh, give to him who asks you. Do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor but hate your enemy. But Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? I mean, don't even tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? What's the big deal? How are you drawing attention to God? Remember, Jesus said, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father right you're not acting any different than the world if you don't do that don't even the gentiles do the same paul romans 12 never pay back evil for evil to anyone respect what is right in the sight of all men if possible so far as it depends on you be at peace with all men if possible so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it's written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, you feed him. And if he's thirsty, you give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil. Uh, with good okay and then seven provide them an evidence of the bible's reliability why because they say they believe in the torah uh the the pentateuch the first five books of the of uh, the old testament they say they believe in the, the psalms of david more of the old testament not all of it they say they believe at least in the gospels right okay but they say what it's, it's corrupted so you and i can give a defense as to why no the all all the bible old and new testament is not corrupted it is absolutely uh, sure and authoritative in all things and how it came about, and that's why we did our six-week study called "Did the Bible Really Come from God?" We also dealt with that in great detail uh, in our other study, "Intro to Apologetics: Defenders of the Faith." Okay, but you need to get equipped why the Bible is the ultimate authority. Okay, next page. In general, Muslims have significant misunderstandings of Christian belief that needs to be cleared up. So again, you got to get to the point where you can answer some of these skeptical questions because there's stumbling so blocks for them. Number one, they believe that Christians again believe in three gods. Like I said before, and we've talked before, and uh, I need to cruise on. We've already dealt with this. Uh, they, ha- they have a problem with the Trinity. But you can demonstrate from the Bible, no, the Bible teaches one God. It's no different. God just presents himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, I gave you the water and the mathematical analogy. Okay, The oneness of God must be stressed. Verses to use Deuteronomy 6, of course, the classic here, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is what? One. Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods, right? If there was more than one god, why would God say don't have other gods? It's crazy. Okay, with all due respect. Isaiah 45, I am the Lord, there is no other. Mark twelve twenty-nine. Notice it's Old and New Testament. You can demonstrate this. The most important command <clears throat> Jesus answered is this. <clears throat> Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So Jesus reiterates uh, Deuteronomy, the Old Testament command. And uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 4, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. Okay. Another thing, they believe that God cannot have a son. Okay. They believe in a, a, a different kind of birth for Jesus. But again, here's what they choke on. Many Muslims think that Christians believe the Trinity came about through Jesus being born of a listen sexual union between God and Mary. Very uh, uh, kind of a similar with believe it or not. And again, we'll get to that in the chapter on Mormonism. Uh, that uh, that's what they also believe with Joseph Smith that God literally had a sexual union, and that's how yeah. That's not the virgin birth. Hello. Okay, and that's what he talks about. This is not blasphemous. It's clearly what we don't believe because it's not what the Bible teaches, right? We talk about the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary. It's not a sexual union thing or whatever. It's a supernatural thing uh, from God. Okay, number three, God would not allow his servant to die on a cross. Major issue. Listen to this. One of the roadblocks in conveying the gospel to Muslims is a belief that God would not allow one of his servants to suffer uh, such a, and the word there means, of course, shameful or disgraceful, okay, death as crucifixion. So that's how they look at the cross. That's a disgrace, right? Why would, if that really happened, I mean, that's why would God do that to one of his problems? That, that's their mindset, that the cross is disgraceful, it's shameful. In response, several facts can be pointed out. First of all, according to Muslims, according to their own teachings, Allah can do anything in what he wants. So if God can allow, uh, if so, God can do whatever he wants, even your version of God, which is not the same God as the God of the Bible, but just plain with their words, Allah then what's the big deal? He can do what he wants. Who are you to tell him what he can and cannot do, right? But more importantly, second, Jesus did not offer uh, suffer a uh, disgraceful end, okay? For the crucifixion was not, is your blank there, was not the end, right? So number one, you got that wrong. Number two, he experienced a glorious resurrection, Okay, and let me add another third one. Last time I checked, because it was not the end, and because he rose again from the grave, and because he lived the perfect life in our place and took our punishment for our sins, our crimes against God on the cross, guess what? Our sins are forgiven. Last time I checked, that's not shameful. That's awesome, right? You have to work your way to heaven, and you're never gonna get there. The cross is not shameful. It's the most blessed, wonderful thing ever. For you and I, right? So we need to point that out to them. But that's some of the things they have a problem. Now, let's get back to this issue of love. Because this is what we're being told in the media, right? And here's what they, they have filled in the blank for us. And see, this is the misnomer, this is the trap. They're trying to twist scripture and use it against you and I. That if we are Christians, we're supposed to love our enemies. Is that, is that true? Of course it is. We just read that. That's as plain as day. But then they fill in the gap for us, and they say, well, the only way that you can demonstrate love for your enemies is you have to allow 100%, no questions asked, no filtering process, immigration, right? See, this is the trap. A lot of Christians are falling for this. Of course, we're called to love our enemies. But the question I have to you, is immigration the only way and the best way To love our enemies? No. And we're going to examine that as we finish our study. Now, I don't know if you've noticed uh, this issue. What is the best way that you and I could love a Muslim? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but recently that came in the news with the Pope over this issue of immigration and making comments that it is not Christian and that Donald Trump was not being Christian because he wanted to promote building walls. Okay. Let's take a look at that for those of you I uh, haven't seen that. let so take a look.
0: The verbal conflict between Donald Trump and Pope Francis has stepped up another notch today as the pontiff questioned the candidate's spirituality over the subject of illegal immigration. U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump is not Christian because of his views on immigration, Pope Francis said on his way back to Rome from Mexico.
1: A person that only thinks to rebuild walls, wherever they may be, instead of building bridges, is not Christian.
0: If and when the Vatican is attacked by ISIS, which, as is everyone knows, is ISIS's ultimate trophy, I can promise you that the Pope
1: would have only wished and prayed that Donald Trump would have been president. <laughs> Hot off the press, man. This is just happening uh, last week, folks. And this is just, this is big news. It's it's being thrown in our face, even from the Pope. How dare you say no to anyone coming across your border? And if you don't allow it 100%, that's not Christian. That's what he said. That's a serious charge, right? And I was getting questions about this last time I was, uh, where was that? Chester, when we were doing a conference there in Chester, Illinois. And that was one of the, they had this uh, breakout session, and me and the other speaker, we, they got to grill us with questions, and that was one of the questions. What about this immigration thing? We're being told that if we're Christians, you know, we're supposed to love our enemies, and we can't say nothing, we've got to bring them all in, and just, what do we do? And it, I'm telling to bait and switch. But here's the pressure. Now, there's some hypocrisy going on here. I, I just, for some reason, Tom, I have to point this out. <laughs> First of all, who in the world do you think gave the order, Okay, as we saw before, uh, for the Crusades to what put a wall of people in front of the Muslim invasion the Catholic Church But now you're gonna sit there and say you can't put up any kind of wall Let alone a physical wall and somehow it's not being a Christian. Then why'd you do that? Number two last time I checked did you guys know that the Vatican City has these things going around it? Those are walls <laughs> Walls surrounding Vatican City right now, what's very interesting is it went further and look, these are not small walls. Right? This is not something you go, okay, watch out, Marge. <laughs> right? No, these are big walls. Watch this. Look how huge these things are. Now I heard I read an seen an article this is and because, well Trump's got this, you know, out of a, out of line, because he brought this up. Excuse me, then what do you got walls around the Vatican? It's, you know, it's, can't, well, uh, anyway, so we brought this up, and I heard some reports say, well, that was done in the ninth century by a previous pope. Okay, well, then take it down so you can be a Christian. <laughs> right? Like the Eastern Bloc with uh, Gorbachev and our, you know, right? Take the wall down. You know, Reagan, remember that? Take them down, right? want to be a Christian if you go, right? Think about this, right? This is just stuff just put out there in the media, right? And, uh, but number two, uh, then ne- they said, well, uh, actually, there was some more work done to the walls And uh, that was in the 15th, 16th century. But that was more for cultural reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Take them down, right? it's, It's inconsistency. Why in the world would you even go to the point of saying it's not being a Christian, not basically saying Mexico or Islam, that issue, okay, that you can't do anything about your borders. You can't do a wall or whatever. Why would the Pope promote that with even that hypocrisy? Well, again, I think I have a theory. This needs to allow to happen, and even, unfortunately, this dangerous element, because you need a crisis. Create a crisis, you manage the outcome. And if the order is given and the world is in flux with a violent religious group, and as we're going to see in a little bit, it's not the minority, it's the majority. Got the proof. Okay? Then when the order is given, you have your global religious crisis that you allowed to happen. Clamps come down. Here comes your one world religion. You got your ultimate excuse, right? Okay, so I think that's a little bit what's going on. But this is, again, what we are being allowed, okay? Now, but again, they'll say, well, with Christian, you're not being a Christian, right? Well, let me break it down for you. Because immigration is basically allowing somebody in to your country. Let me break it down to an individual Christian thing, okay? Individual, that's a corporate example. Individual, here's the same analogy. Your home. Somebody shows up to your home. They want to immigrate in the door, right? Except they're coming with a machete and a gun, and they are openly there to kill you and or your family. So the appropriate Christian response for me as a spiritual leader home, as the man, is I need to say, oh, okay, I can't question you. I can't grill you. How dare I? I'm going to let you into my house. Come on in and kill me and my family. Because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to love my enemy. See, that's the bait and switch that's going on. Now, first of all, that'd be a ridiculous thing, right? The scripture is very clear. Spiritual leaders of the home, men, we are called to give our lives for our wives and our family. Ephesians clearly says Paul talks about this, folks. That husbands, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church and what gave Himself up for her. Jesus died for us. Men, we are called to die for our families, to defend and to protect our families. Hey, listen. Even if you don't have a gun, that's a whole other issue. If you got, I'm not necessarily, and I'm not, I don't have. I guess I'll just spill my beans on that. Uh, Hey, I don't have a problem if you have a gun. Now, it doesn't mean that you got to go cap them in the head, right? Maybe take out a couple kneecaps. It sounds kind of bad. Okay. Uh, but listen, my whole point is uh, I'm to give my life for my family, right? I, my goal, if somebody were to come to my house, I need to buy time. I'm willing to give my life as spiritually the home for my wife and my kids if a threat is trying to immigrate through my door, right? And every lady I would hope would hope that their husband would do that. I think that's common sense. Okay, but hey, listen, I'm there just to try to buy time. Buy time for my family, to get out the back door, or whatever, to get to safety. Right? Now, if I survive, I survive. If I don't, hey, listen, that's what I'm called to do as a spiritual leader. Right? Now, how does a Christian turn the other cheek, even in that individual example, home immigration? Right? That's called a burglary. There's a danger in that, right? Okay, well, guess what? <clears throat> and this has happened, uh, and Christians have done this before. It's an amazing testimony. Sometimes somebody comes in, the police get them, they go to jail. Guess what? The Christians who had their home immigration violated. And they were literally threatened. Christians have gone down to that jail and they've witnessed and shared the love of Jesus with them. That's turning the other cheek. Because I for nine, two for the two says, you just rot there. You rot there and go straight to you know where. But no, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to love my enemy. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to witness to you. Right? So, so here's my point. You can be the spiritual leader of the home and still love your enemy. They're not mutually exclusive, right? Uh, Sometimes, let's say the guy did get taken out. I've got accounts of uh, families who even though the father gave his life for his family and they got safety, the person was eventually caught to jail, the family, the wife went down and was witnessing. That's loving your enemies, right? But you still, it's not mutually exclusive, okay? So you and I as Christians, as men, we need to be spiritually, leaders a home, but yes, we certainly need uh, to do what we can and fulfill our duty uh, to be a spiritual Christian as well and witness to our enemies, okay? Because again, how do you stop this kind of behavior? And again, not just the Muslim issue, let's break this down. Let's just say it was a guy that's uh, trying to burglarize your home. Have you noticed that crime continues to go up, right? Huh? So what we need to do is we need to pass 10,000 more laws. No, we need more midnight basketball leagues, Right? No, we need these programs that we need to pay for with our tax dollars because that's what changes the heart. You want to stop crime in Vegas? You want to stop crime in your neighborhood? Share Jesus. Right? It's the same thing. Right? So you can still be the spiritual leader. We need to be the spiritual leader. You can still love your enemies, but it doesn't have to be this ridiculous misnomer that's put upon you and I. Yeah, just come on in, take my family out because that's how I'm supposed to love my enemies. That's not true. So be careful uh, for that argument. Now, here's what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, well, listen, Pastor Billy, you got it wrong, okay? Because these guys really aren't that dangerous. They're really not here because, again, remember the analogy, immigrate into your home. Let's go back to the national level, into your home, United States. Are they really wanting to come through the door and take you out? Yes. In fact, it's already demonstrated. It's even on record, folks. Even back, I believe, as far as 1991, in their own writings, they are coming here to destroy our country. Here's just one little proof
2: I am holding in my hand the Muslim Brotherhood Plan for the Destruction of the United States, written 522 1991. The title of the plan is You all got that? There will be a quiz. This plan was presented as evidence in the Holy Land Foundation trial, the largest terrorism trial ever in the history of the United States, where our government handed down, hello, my best friend, where our government handed down 108 guilty verdicts for Muslim Americans and Muslim American organizations, raising money to support terrorist organizations in the Middle East to the tune of millions. And I'm just going to read you a paragraph of this plan, so it'll give you an idea of what I'm talking about. They talk about the settlement in the United States. The process of settlement is a civilization jihadist process with all the word means. The Akhwan, which is the Arabic word for brothers, must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers so that it is eliminated and Allah's religion is made victorious over all other religions. Is this clear? They don't mince words, do they? But the most important page of this document is the last page, because in the last page, they list 29 front Islamic organizations set up in the United States with the specific goal of sabotaging America from within and destroying America by our own hands. And I'm just going to name a few. Number one on the list is ISNA, Islamic Society of North America. And if you're familiar with ISNA, it's because they are now advisors to President Obama about Middle East policy. So we not only have the fox watching the hen house, we have the fox inside the White House dictating policy in the ear of the president. Number two on the list is the MSA, the Muslim Student Association. The Muslim Student Association has more chapters on American college campuses than the Democrats and the Republicans combined. Number eight on the list is Nate, the North American Islamic Trust. The North American Islamic Trust owns the deed to over 90 percent of American mosques in the United States. That is a problem. what makes this very important, and I'm gonna focus in the last three minutes, five minutes on education, is to show you how they set up every organizations in this plan to destroy America, focusing on every sector of our society. Organizations focused on publishing, organizations focused on media, organizations focused on education with the strict purpose of doing sabotage to America from within. And I'm not talking military. We know that ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all the others want to do, attack the United States and and, and do damage to the United States. As a matter of fact, we in the United States have 150 terrorist organizations right now operating in America. Five of them are operating right here in the District of Columbia. And our government, and these are the ones we know about.
1: Wow, interesting. So I, based on their own words, as she said, it's been on record for quite some time. Somebody's trying to come into our home, and we just don't do nothing. Got, I, got, I got a problem with that. Now, a lot of people say that, well, yeah, that's just a conspiracy theory. Uh, <clears throat> this really isn't their ultimate goal. Well, not only did she find with their own documents, this is only on it's on record, uh, even with their own government, and it has been for quite some time. They know it even though the government she saw with the president is still condoning this, along with the Pope and other people. Uh, Again, I think it's to create a crisis. But even their own camp, they admit, folks, that when you immigrate, these men belong to us. And when the time comes, they will do what we say. This was a video that they circulated on 9-11 last year. Listen to what this guy says will happen with immigration. Let's take a look.
3: يريدون لنا العذاب يريدون لنا المهانة لم يرضى عنا اليهود ولا النصارى ولن نتبع ملتهم وسوف يرتفع عنا ليل الظلم هذا وسوف ندوسهم قريبا بإذن الله ألمانيا ليست ألمانيا الحنونة التي تريد اللاجئين من سوريا والعراق ومن لاجئين فلسطين في الشام وفي غيرها إنها أوروبا التي شاخت وهرمت وتريد طاقة بشرية ولا أقوى من طاقتنا البشرية نحن المسلمين أمة الإسلام الألمان يقولون في تقاريرهم الاقتصادية يحتاجون إلى خمسين ألف من الشباب الأيدي العاملة ووصلهم الآن عشرون ألفا ويريدون ثلاثون وأكثر ليعملوا في مصانعهم وليس شفقة وليست رحمة للشام وأهلها ولاجئيها كذلك أوروبا كل أكثرها كلهم تقطر قلوبهم حقدا على المسلمين يتمنون لنا الموت ولكنهم فقدوا إخصابهم ويبحثون عن إخصاب عندنا سنخصبهم وسوف ننسل وسوف ننجب منهم لأننا سوف نفتح بلادهم رغم عنوفكم يا أيها الألمان Ya, you had a Ya, you had a fancy. You, yeah, you have a friend. Yeah, cool man. Halla wasn't it for the end. Codola, Jean. Sanaflobum, mincum caribam. Bismidola fil fil fila fil cadima. Was an acolu lacum. Haulay abnauna. Arsilum. Oh, nurse do lacum. Well,
1: straight out of the horse's mouth. What do you say? We're going to conquer your countries, Europe, America. Yep, that's what we're going to do. And by the way, let, let our sons get in there. Because when the time comes, we'll give the order. I didn't make this up, folks. This is tough. So again, sounds like somebody's trying to come into our home. Okay? And, and then we, we can't say anything. We can't, we, can't, we can't do anything or whatever. Okay? We can't protect ourselves. Okay? But again, then you'll hear people that are conditioned to this. I've been waiting to uh, explode this. They will, what they will say is, well, listen, okay, okay, yeah, we can't hide from the facts. There is a dangerous element in Islam. Okay, well, it's all over Islam because it's all over the Quran, okay? But what they will say, and this is another thing the media is trying to get into our brains, right? The only way that you can love your enemies is you can't say nothing and let all this come into your home. What? Okay, but what they'll say is, it, don't worry about it. It's just a minority of these guys. It's a small number of Muslims who would do this. Okay, yes, we saw the video evidence. They will do this if given the opportunity, and they're doing it. But they say it's a minority, okay? And then typically who gets the blame is the Shiites, okay, uh, with that. And that is more of a m- minority, 20 25%, or whatever. But the ones that they say are all the splinter groups, the, the biggest group is what's called the Sunnis, as we saw before. And they say, no, 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 that's the moderate Muslim. That's the peaceful Muslim. Really? Well, believe it or not, the Sunni Muslims, who do make up the majority, like around 80% or so, okay, uh, they actually take offense to that, that somehow uh, they wouldn't do something like that. This video clip, I can't, I can't believe it, this is in their own camp, one of their own conferences, training young men in Islam. And these are Sunnis, the majority. You tell me if they don't admit they would do the exact same behavior, Okay and you put those
4: two numbers together, that's the majority. We're being lied to, but watch this. Every time we have a conference, every time we invite a speaker, they always can come with the same accusations. This speaker supports death penalty for homosexuals. This speaker supports death penalty for this crime or this crime or that he is homophobic. They subjugate women, etc., etc., etc. It's the same old stuff coming all the time. And we always try to tell them, I always try to tell them that, look, It's not that speaker that we're inviting who has these extreme radical views, as you say. These are general views that every Muslim actually has. Every Muslim believes in these things. Just because they're not telling you about it or just because they're not out there in the media doesn't mean they don't believe in them. So I will ask you, everyone in the room, how many of you are Normal Muslims. You're not extremist. You're not radical. This is normal Sunni Muslims. Please raise your hands Everybody masha Allah subhanallah. Okay, take down your hands again How many of you Agree that men and women should sit separate please raise your hands Everyone agree Everyone agree, brothers and sisters. SubhanAllah, so, so it's not just these radical sheikhs then. Allahu Akbar. Next question, how many of you agree that the punishments described in the Quran and the Sunnah, whether it is death, whether it is stoning for adultery, whatever it is, if it is from Allah and His Messenger, that is the best punishment ever possible humankind. And that is what we should apply in the world. Who, who agrees with that? How many of you just go to this normal massages in our every, the normal sunni mosque? Please raise your hands. May we have the next question
1: please? <laughs> yeah, real funny. Uh, Well, that just went out the window. I thought it was just a minority, just a small fringe group, just the Shiites. No, what do he say? All Muslims. Because where does it come from? It comes from their source of truth, the Quran, right? So, folks, this is a powder keg waiting to happen. But then you'll still have some diehards that say, okay, I'll tell you what. Well, then, then, then maybe we should just, well, just immigrate then, just the women and children, right? And our home will be safe. No, because you look at the facts, as horrible as this is, they will use women and they will use children to kill people as well. Listen to this statistic on how many uh, terrorist bombings are done just by women. This one isn't being talked about. Let's take a look. About half of the 219 terrorists who committed the 228 attacks over the past five months were under 20 years of age, while 11% were women.
0: Boko Haram often using children and female suicide uh, bombers in their attacks, large-scale attacks such as this, killing 58 people. An incredible story that a number of attacks have occurred there, including in refugee camps like this one. So in terms of his plans to resettle refugees and the loss of territory, it obviously means that Boko Haram's operational capacity hasn't been diminished.
1: In other words, it's not going to stop, right? But did you notice what was the percentage there of women? 11% these suicide bombs are from women. So that's not even safe, okay? So again, you look at the bulk of what's going on, men, female, unfortunately, children. uh, Folks, there is a majority that is threatening the home, whether it's individual, whether it's the home coming across America, okay? But again, we're being told that somehow uh, this isn't uh, showing uh, true Christian love and because we would have the audacity to question or want to add a filtering process or just not say, come on, come all, whatever. It's a bunch of baloney. Okay? And again, it's not it's a false dichotomy that's being played on you and I. It's not either or, right? Either you demonstrate you're a Christian by saying nothing, allowing everything, or no, it's a both and. I, as a Christian, whether it's my home individually or home territory, whatever, if you want to go with that, I am charged as a man, as a spiritual leader of the home, to protect my family and do what I gotta do. Yet and not either or and of course i need to love my enemies right but that's the misnomer so is this keeping my mouth shut letting anything come through the door the only way i can fulfill that verse of course not i can do both i can certainly add protection which i'm called to do as a spiritual leader but i can also still witness to you whether you get caught up and you go to jail for all this bad behavior i'll still witness to you Whoever, right even in your own country, guess what? As a Christian, I'm concerned about you. I'd love for you to know Jesus Christ. As he stated with, uh, with fomenting words, uh, they all hate us and they hate, I don't hate you. I've never said that. I'm not wishing ill on you. I hope you come to know Jesus like I did. God saved me, had mercy on me. I hated Christians too. I used to be a Christian hater, I get that. But somebody loved me enough to tell me about Jesus, right? So I, uh, but, uh, but anyway, so I, 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 can, I can, in your own country, I, I can still try to reach you. Right? I can support missionaries to reach with the gospel. I can love my enemy that way. right? Especially sometimes that's much more effective because we have a cultural difference. right? And so sometimes it's more effective to reach them with people in their own area uh, who, who were Muslims and or in that country uh, who understand their cultures and mannerisms and explain Christ to them more effective. I can support that. That's love my enemies and still maintain my home, can I? I can support radio broadcasts and media broadcasts and things that reach into your country with the gospel of Jesus Christ and still do that. I'm, I'm still loving my enemies. I could sin, I could pay out of my own pocket and love my enemy. And, and certainly pray for those who persecute me. I, I, I can support Bibles and gospel tracts and things of that nature. Be here on Sunday. You'll get to see how many times in different Muslim nations you and I here at Sunrise are using the media to witness to these uh, Muslim nations. There's many different ways that we can share and God's love and love our enemies without not compromising the home. It's not an either or. It's a false dichotomy. It's a both and. And immigration is not the cure-all for that. That's a lie. And then, now that's just a spiritual element, right? It's not either or, it's a both and. That's a false dichotomy that's being foisted on you and I. But when you look at immigration, even when it talks about Jesus said what? If he's hungry, what do you do? Feed him. So again, we need to meet their spiritual needs and tell them about Jesus, right? But sometimes in telling them about Jesus, we need to be concerned about their practical needs, right? We need to feed them. We need to help them, right? So let's go back to that immigration issue, Right? Is immigration in and of itself, don't even talk about the spiritual thing, but just from an economic thing, from a practical thing, is immigration the best thing we could do for these folks? No. In fact, when you look at the statistics, that's one of the worst things you could do for them. Let's take a look at those facts.
0: This gumball represents the one million legal immigrants that the United States has taken every year on average since 1990. Now, who in the world Deserves our humanitarian compassion. The World Bank has one measure of the desperately poor of the world. They make less than $2 a day. And how many people make less than $2 a day in the world? We'll start with Africa. In Africa alone, there are 650 million people who make less than $2 a day. 650 million. And in India, another 890 million people desperately poor. China adds another 480 million people, making less than $2 a day. And unfortunately, the rest of Asia has a heartbreaking 810 million people who the World Bank says make less than $2 a day. And finally, there's 105 million of Latin America's population that are desperately poor. All told, the World Bank says there are three billion people in the world, three billion people who are desperately poor making less than two dollars a day. That's 3,000 gumballs. And every year we take a million and suggest that we've somehow made a humanitarian difference. Of course we don't pull our immigrants from these desperately poor populations, do we? These people are too poor, too sick, too disconnected to make it here as immigrants. We tend to pull our immigrants out of the better-off poor of the world. And Mexico tends to define the type of immigrant that we bring here because the plurality of people come from Mexico. And Mexico is poor. How many people in the world live in countries that have average incomes lower than that of Mexico? And the World Bank tells us that that number is these 3 billion plus another 2.6 billion people. 5.6 billion people in the world who live in countries with average incomes below that of Mexico. That's 5,600 gumballs. And so what is it that the elites are telling us? They're telling us that when we take this one million immigrants that we somehow or another are tackling world poverty. Double our immigration to two million a year, we couldn't make a noticeable difference. And we may be really hurting the impoverished people of the world because the million that we do take are among the most energetic, often the better educated, certainly the most dissatisfied people that if they did not immigrate would be the agents for change to improve the lot of all the people in these countries. The true heroes in the global humanitarian field are the people in these countries who have the wherewithal to immigrate to another country but instead stay in their countries to apply their skills to help their fellow countrymen. The impossibility of making even a dent is actually worse than it looks here because last year when we took one million immigrants, these countries added births over deaths, 80 million more people into the impoverished population. And this year, Congress is bringing in a million legal immigrants. And this year, according to the United Nations, these countries are expected to add another 80 million people. And next year, you can be quite sure that Congress will bring in another million immigrants. And these countries, unfortunately, will be adding another 80 million people into these impoverished nations. We could take five million a year, but we'd never get ahead of what's happening in these countries, not in this century. Don't you see? Immigration can never be an effective or significant way to deal with the suffering people of the world. They have to be helped where they live. Let's help them there.
1: Well, that sounds like the Christian thing to do, right? Love your enemy and do good to those and help them out and feed them. And Sounds like the worst thing we could do is do what we're being told we have to do. Otherwise, you're not a Christian. Immigration is not the cure-all, okay? And that is not the acid test for fulfilling that passage of Scripture we're being lied to, okay? So why in the world would you put up that false dichotomy... And why in the world would you encourage us to do something even economically is one of the worst things you could do for these folks? I got a theory. And I think the theory is you're purposely allowing this and encouraging this because you need a powder keg to go off to give you an excuse for what the Bible says is going to come in the last days. A one world government, one world economy, one world religion, and you're going to implement the mark of the beast. And folks, it's happening in our own country, around the world right now. That excuse to provide a global crisis is boiling right now lord willing don't miss next week because lord willing next week we're going to finish up our study even though we're done with our notes i got one little private study i want to add to that and that's the other exciting question clear the throat is our president a muslim oh boy we're just going to have to take a look at the fruit as the scripture says you'll know them by their fruit and then, Lord willing, we're going to be off to the next chapter on Buddhism, Hinduism, and New Age. There's some hot topics going on with that. Uh, that's my old stomping ground, so looking forward to getting to that. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, Let's take a a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, The Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means Lying.